0: Hey bowlers, you're listening to Bull After Bull episode nineteen on Saturday, December twentieth, twenty fourteen. I'm smoking after bowl. And I smoke bull after bull after bull after bull after bull after, bull after Welcome back, everyone. Happy Saturday.
1: Yeah, this is Lorian Rose.
0: And Spencer Pearson. And, and
1: yep, in Columbia, Missouri. We've
0: been super busy. We've been so busy this week.
1: And the busyness won't end until, well, for a while, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so if you haven't heard yet, on Monday, the Columbia City Council passed some laws changing how uh, businesses are allowed to sell tobacco and vapor products in Columbia. And so ever since, we've kind of been caught up uh, trying to get those laws overturned. and, yeah, uh, let's just take you back through kind of what happened at the city council meeting. So three laws passed, right? Um, the first one was Tobacco 21, which raised the purchasing age of tobacco tobacco products and tobacco uh, paraphernalia to 21 instead of 18, just within the city limits of Columbia, Missouri. Uh, the second bill that passed added e-cigarettes and, you know, vapor products to the Clean Indoor Air Act of Columbia. So that bans them from restaurants, it bans them from uh, places like that. Wherever the smoking ban applies, it also applies to e-cigs now. Uh, and then the third one raises the purchase age of e-cigs to 21 from 18. So those are all three pretty bad laws, pretty bad uh, prohibitions, uh, we believe. you know, that the They're not going to address the issues that they portend to address. They're not going to change anything about smoking habits except for where they're purchased so it's going to be a huge affront to local business it's going to be a huge hit to local business and really, it's funny the city council uh, you know right before they heard this issue they heard a presentation about how they would have to come up with ways to raise city revenue and city tax revenue uh, So you know, there was a presentation that said that city tax revenues were uh, falling and that we needed more and then they voted to move a huge portion of city revenue out to you know Ashland and uh, surrounding areas instead of keeping it here in Columbia.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me because, you know, they, uh, they argued a lot about public health um, at the city council meeting on Monday. Um, and, you know, as we know and as our listeners hopefully know at this point, prohibition just – it doesn't work. Right, It has bad, you know, unintended consequences. And although – 18 to 21-year-olds aren't able to purchase cigarettes in Columbia, This, these ordinances that passed don't stop them from possessing or using it. They just right. can't purchase it. So this isn't going to, you know, they think that by banning the purchase of it, it'll stop high schoolers specifically from smoking cigarettes. And I think they're absolutely wrong.
0: Right. The, <laughs> uh, You know, a lot of people talk about how uh, you know, a lot of the point that was brought up often is that, uh, kids who start early, um, continue and tend to get addicted. And they talk about, you know, anecdotal stories of kids who are young as 14, 15, uh, trying cigarettes. Well, that, you know, they can't purchase that right now either. The 14 and 15 year olds aren't allowed to purchase cigarettes and somehow they start smoking cigarettes at 14 and 15, you know, right. uh, clearly the prohibition already isn't working, um. And just raising the age three years, if there are already so many uh, eighteen-year-olds right now in this town providing cigarettes to minors, if that's actually going on, then now all they have to do is drive to Lake of the Woods, and they can still provide the cigarettes. I don't, I don't see any. Uh, you know, Scala and a lot of the other council members talked a lot about trying to disrupt the supply chain. That this would disrupt the supply chain. It causes the supply chain to have to drive an extra three miles. That's it. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't see how this is working. And here's some of the testimony that we heard. Uh, This is just one example of uh, some of the testimony that was at the city council that night in support of this bill.
2: I'm such a strong advocate for this because I actually had tissue growths in my esophagus for a long time. And it's often found in people who have smoked. And I remember very vividly um, waking up and not being able to breathe. And my mom would stay with me in bed, you know, make sure that if I wasn't breathing, she'd sit me up. And this was something that would happen for these smokers or even people who are suffering from secondhand smoking. And I was told, like, very much the treatment that is very, very typical, which involves actually cutting open your jaw and your tongue all the way to your throat to try to dissect these tumors. And so I guess my problem now is that I have a lot of scar tissue. And out of the multiple places I've lived, I've lived in Australia, I've lived in Canada, I have lived in five states in the United States, and this has by far been the worst city that I have ever lived in, in terms of smokers. Um, It's hit a point now where I can't open up my windows because I won't be able to breathe if I do that because of the amount of people that smoke around me. And I think while freedoms are essential to the American way, and it's very, very patriotic to believe in that, I think that no one should have the right to sacrifice my health and my ability to breathe. I think that is an essential human right. Just like no one has the right to murder someone or harm another person, smoking is a
0: see thank you this is this is dangerous talk i mean okay so you you know you have a patient with a special condition or whatever um where do the rights start and stop where where does personal accountability come into play how much are you responsible for your environment you know how much are you responsible for uh leaving smokers um and you know this is a claim that this person can't open up a window in our town without coughing on cigarette smoke and this is a new this is a new problem for me uh, i really haven't heard of this issue i don't i'm i'm not sure if it's that bad uh and then you know this little rant led to comparing smokers with murderers, you right. know? And labeling uh smoking a cigarette as be- as being a murder. And these people do believe that, you know, they believe that secondhand smoke directly will kill you and that these people are going around being murderers. This is dangerous idea. This is dangerous talk. Like it's completely absurd.
1: Yeah. Um Columbia has been Columbia City Council at least has been pretty anti smoker though in the past. Um, I mean smokers already have to stand twenty feet away from the opening the entrance to any buildings downtown and unless they're walking by or if they're in their car and I've gotten <clears throat> just you know while I'm standing there trying to smoke a cigarette, I've gotten bitched out before my boss had gotten bitched out a lot, and I don't know it's kind of frustrating. it's like they're just pushing smokers away, right, oh.
0: So uh, here's uh, Chadwick, who's the sponsor of the bill. This is sort of her uh, um, justification of of the measure.
3: Missouri ranks the worst in prevention dollars spent in sales tax and has one of the highest usage rates of smoking in the nation, meaning more of our loved ones die from tobacco than anywhere else.
0: So there you are, the worst in the nation, and uh, she says the worst sales tax in the nation, but I suppose that depends on your perspective. Uh, We have the lowest cigarette sales tax in the nation, our state does. And, uh, you know, they tried to raise it uh, the last election cycle in 2012. It was on the ballot, and uh, we all got in the mail. Missouri has the lowest cigarette sales tax in the nation. And somehow that this is supposed to be a terrible, horrible thing that we need to change right away. And I personally like low taxes. I like, uh, you know, it leads least, uh, I mean, the higher the tax, the higher the uh, deadweight loss, if you look at the economics of the whole thing. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of Missourians understand that, that we are the best in the nation in cigarette taxes just because it's the lowest, you know. Uh, um, I don't think that that's anything Missourians aren't. Uh, ashamed of or anything, and it's not something you should be ashamed of. Um, We'd have Carl chime in. Let me me try a a
4: comment here. There's a lot of wisdom in this room. Uh, We heard a lot about it. Very good, Carl.
0: Uh, (laughs) So I learned something, actually, on Monday night uh, after listening. Did you know that there's a little libertarian inside of uh, Mary McDavid?
1: (laughs) I didn't know that prior Uh, to this meeting. Apparently.
5: (laughs) You know, the libertarian in me says if you're 50 and you want to smoke and you want to roll the dice on uh, a painful death from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or head and neck cancer or lung cancer or, you know, you have a right to do that. And we're not going to impose on that right with what we're doing here.
1: But he did impose on the right when he voted yes to support this ordinance.
0: Right. Uh, they're just trying, you know, it's it's really creepy, all the angles. They're uh, changing the definition of when an adult is an adult, you know. Uh, Carl even did, you know, I just gave a little snippet of Carl, but uh, Carl even did go on to say that uh, he believed that the maybe the military age should be raised to 21, you know, so... Uh, To think that it stops with tobacco in the minds of any of these people, you just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't. They want to raise the ages of everything and they want to define an adult as 21 years of age, you know. And it's already such a difficult uh, thing to just put an arbitrary number on. When are you an adult? When do you become responsible for your own decisions? But I think it's dangerous to raise that age, you know. I mean, you should be responsible for your own decisions once you're 18. Uh, You graduate high school. uh, Many times you leave your home. Traditionally, in America, anyway, and um, you know, you're pressured to go off to college, but definitely to get a job or do something, start a career, uh, be your own person, move out of your mom and dad's house. And you know, with the economic downturn that we've had in the last decade or so, uh, you've seen a lot less of kids moving out of their parents' house. But we can't let this lead to uh, raising of the child age you know artificial creating three more years of children uh in our population it's just i don't know i don't like that i don't like where that's going um i think what we need to do with bob mcdavid is to get that poor little trapped libertarian out of him and maybe put the authoritarian back in there (laughs) you know but at least at least there is a libertarian in there. Yeah, uh, at
1: least, somewhere.
0: McDavid, though, believes that the loss of city revenue uh, is going to be worth all of the lovely gains that we see out of public health.
5: If this uh, action tonight, there are a couple of 12-year-olds in the city of Columbia who, because cigarettes are a little harder to get, don't start smoking, then this ordinance will have been well worth it, and any tax revenue lost will have been a great investment in Columbia's future.
0: But, you know, if if it's only one and it's 15, eh, we we've really shot ourselves in the foot on that one. (laughs) So, um, this is, like we said, going to be detrimental to businesses. Uh, Barbara Hoppe thinks it's going to be just fine. She actually had some advice for local businesses. You're smart people. Businesses are known for their creativity. We deal in a changing economy um, with the Internet. What you need to do is uh, think of other ways and
3: other things to sell in your stores that will make up for this loss, uh, that are healthy for people, uh, to look at
0: what are people buying on the Internet that they could buy at your store if it was conveniently there. I know that, that our businesses are creative and can respond to this. That's perfect. We just need to look at what's trending on eBay And just get some of that shit. We'll have some, like, collectors, Christmas gifts on the counter. You won't even need to sell cigarettes. You won't even realize that, you know, your cigarette (laughs) revenue is gone, guys. You just sell some other shit instead. Um,
1: Yeah, I I don't... I can't really think of anything that can replace cigarettes.
0: Right. I mean, people are buying this shit every day, you know. Mm. Um, Yeah. So there's (laughs) that. Uh, You know, we did have one council person... Who still stood up for personal choice, personal freedom? Uh, one sane person on the on the council when it comes to government intrusion in our lives, and that's Laura Nauser. So I think we owe uh, Laura Nauser our thanks, at least on this issue for sure, uh, in championing at least uh, the people's voice and voting no for all three of these laws. So uh, here was her last word, and she w- she was uh, looking lonely up there.
3: I'm I'm the last, and I'll be the sole no-vote, which sometimes happens these days more often than not. Two issues for me. Smoking tobacco is a legal product. In this country today, with people who don't like cigarettes, it is still a legal product that can be legally consumed. Second of all, all across this country, including our state... The age of majority is 18. You are considered an adult. While my 31-year-old daughter, I consider my child, she is a 31-year-old adult, and my son is 19, and he is an adult, capable of making adult decisions and suffering adult consequences for those decisions. In 2014, the Index of Economic Freedom ranks the United States 12th. The Legatum Prosperity Index ranks us 21st in personal freedom. The libertarian in me is going to let liberty and freedom to make choices to consume legal products as an adult override many of the compelling s- stories and situations that have come before us today if we're going to go down this road then we should be looking at maybe the s- sales of sugary beverages because sugar there's many studies now that are coming out the sugar is they're looking at as an addictive substance Do we restrict the sale of trans fat because they're bad for us in our cholesterol how about salt We laugh and we sneer and we snicker, but there are cities that have banned these products within their city limits. We have heard about the evils and the horrors that the the business people here in our community who sell legal products to legal-age citizens are only in it for the money. Well, they provide an income and a revenue and a job for many people in our community. So my libertarian streak in me will be voting against all three of these measures um, I voted against the original smoking ban and because one thing I do like to be when I sit here at the city council is consistent so since I voted no for those issues then I will continue to vote no on those issues today
0: so that's her uh, take on that um, and then of course they called
5: roll is that everybody uh, please call the roll. Council Bill
3: 37414, Mr. Trapp? Yes. Mr. Scala? Yes. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Ms. Nowser? No. Ms. Hoppy? Yes. Mr. McDavid? Yes. Ms. Chadwick? Yes.
0: And so there you have it. Uh, six to one, council passed it. Uh, Nowser, that lonely vote. And you heard that, you know, it sounded like a lot of applause and uh, praise for her one de- descending little uh, opinion there at the end. Um, the people I'm talking to are really upset that this is passed and, uh, you know, they all see it for the hit on business that it is and that it won't address the problems it's trying to address. You know, we're all concerned about kids getting addicted to cigarettes. It's not a good thing at all. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of us have had older family members who have been killed by cigarette use, you know. and uh, right. uh, We need to better understand how to positively affect that. And we know that these laws banning the sale is not the right way to go about it. It's not going to get anyone's attention. It's not going to educate anyone. It's not going to make anyone any smarter. It's going to make them more angry and, you know, rebellious and wanting to smoke just despite, you know, these laws. Um,
1: so after this past Monday night, I did a little bit of research into Tobacco 21. Yes. Um, and, you know, where this came from and whatever. Uh, apparently... This has passed in cities in seven states, but it started in Massachusetts.
0: Well, well, well. Where have we heard that before? <laughs>
1: uh, alcohol prohibition. Yes. Also started in Massachusetts. Um, I'm from Massachusetts, and yeah, this may, it's really disappointing. There's more than 40 towns now in Massachusetts that have passed Tobacco 21. Wow. But this... Tobacco 21 campaign is trying to spread to as many cities in the nation as possible. Uh, you know, Columbia is just the beginning because we are kind of known as a progressive city that right. people are looking towards to see, oh, how can we be better cities? Uh, we're sort of like a role model city in a lot of ways.
0: Um, right, especially for progressives and the you know the the further democratic leaning. Uh, political folks public health folks um, different things of that nature people who want to legislate your uh, life choices
1: so how do we repeal and fix this bad law Spence?
0: I'm so glad that you asked Um, there is a way to do that it's via the referendum process and right now we're circulating petitions Um, actually the uh, couple days after it passed Gary Nolan had uh, Ronald Leone on his show Ronald is the uh, Executive director for a—he uh, uh, represents a lot of the gas stations and convenience stores in town, and so um, you know, obviously, this hurts a lot of the people he represents in a business sense. So they sort of discussed—they uh, sort of discussed, uh, you know, how bad the law was going to be on the on, on the show. I'll let you listen to a bit
4: of that. A couple of things that bother me, and this is why why I I would like to see people stand together and fight this uh, tyranny. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as a libertarian, I don't, I'm do not i not opposed to people using drugs, mm-hmm. uh, but I eschew them. I don't right. use them. I don't use illicit drugs. I don't smoke marijuana. Okay. But I'll stand shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with the next guy who does right. because I don't think the government should have the authority to tell you what you can and can't do
5: yeah I mean well, we made that argument to all the members of the city council again and Laura Nauser is the only one that understands what personal freedoms and liberties are about and uh, you know I have made the argument that government should only be doing for we the people what we the people can't do for ourselves and I've also made the argument that uh, all levels of government but especially local government does far too many things and therefore it does most of them pretty poorly uh, but again all those arguments fell on deaf ears and you have a a city council Uh, that is extraordinarily paternalistic and really thinks that they have the ability and the need to be thinking for their adult constituents. And until people get involved, I think that was critical what you were just saying, until people get involved, it's going to continue down this path. I'm confident that the vast majority of Colombians disagree with what the city council did, but they are not being heard at this point in time. And anything we can do together to get people more involved would ultimately make Colombia a better place to live.
0: And so, you know, when I'm hearing all this, um, and I'm I'm part of the Keep Columbia Free page, who was, uh, had several members talking about how do we repeal this. Um, The ball sort of fell in my lap as far as uh, drafting the legislation, taking it in the city clerk, listening to the city attorney's advice on how to uh, tweak the language, how how to provide the best language, learning all the rules about uh, what the petitioners, you know. Because uh, I've worked on state petitions before, but this is my first city of Columbia petition, uh, particular, um, uh, to really uh, draft, you know, and, mm-hmm. to, and to write. So um, I did a little gathering on the recall Chadwick petition, but this is the first one I've, like, written and, you know, uh, carried out. So um, we knew that we had to act fast. We only had 20 days from the uh, time it passed. And I think that's too small of a window. Uh, it was obvious that they. Waited until the winter break, like you said earlier, to pass this. Well, everybody's out of town. People don't really know what's going on. A lot of people don't even know that this law is in effect. You know, we spoke earlier today to a local head shop who uh, um, we were talking to them about signing the petition. And then they asked, you know, does this apply to us? You know, <laughs> he doesn't uh, uh, The guy working there just didn't even know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, right now you'd have to card at a head shop and you can't sell papers to a 19-year-old in Columbia, Missouri.
1: And these three ordinances were effective immediately after they passed. So it gave people no time to prepare. You know, there was no time to create training to say, hey, you need to card anyone that might not be 21. Right. Which really means we need – everyone needs to card people that look under 40, I guess.
0: And I think the the first time that people are going to be aware, you know, unless the city sends out a letter to all these businesses, the first time they're going to be aware is when the uh, cops come in to try and do a sting, you know. Right. Uh, So – I don't know. The whole thing is just completely disorganized. Uh, and it sort of forces a lack of organization on us as a response if, if we're only given 20 days. Um, but uh, given that, we've done a fast job at getting a petition written and uh, getting the green light on it. We have three petitions circulating right now. Okay, So there's uh, 022311, uh, 022312, and 022313. Those are the three ordinances that we want to get a referendum on. Uh, so you if if you're going to these petition stations we encourage you to sign all three uh, the first one uh, 3311 is going to be the tobacco 21 law that raised the age the purchasing age of tobacco to 21 the second one 312 is going to be the uh, law that added e-cigs to our indoor clean air law uh, so that's the one that bans the use of e-cigs inside the third is 313. That is the e-cig 21 law. It raises the purchasing age uh, to 21 of e-cigarettes and vapor products. So all three of those are actually available uh, as you're listening to this. They should be available during normal business hours of aqueous vapors, uh, which have two Columbia locations. I think one on Conley and then the other one's on the business loop. And then uh, also Aardvarks have just got our petition and uh, all the folks at Aardvarks are going to be petitioning as well. So uh, if you haven't signed yet, head out to one of those also i made sure that uh you know gary Nolan's gonna be a huge supporter of this as you heard um he was pretty uh frustrated with the law's passage and i actually called into gary that day and um he told me to call in every day to tell them uh tell them where we're going to be so uh if you tune into gary nolan you'll hear daily reports of like where specific petitioners are going to be
4: Uh, Spencer, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You're on with Ron Leon. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, Gary. How
6: are
4: you doing? I'm well, thank you.
6: Hey, I just wanted to let your listeners know that a few groups in town are trying to submit a uh, petition to try and get some of this uh, bad legislation repealed. The problem is that you only have 20 days for a referendum petition, but uh, we're going to file that today on behalf of a number of groups. Uh, Mid-Missouri Normal, of which I'm a part, and then Keep Columbia Free is also on board with that, Uh, Como Council Watch, and a few others. All right, who drew
4: up the petition?
6: Uh, It was a group effort kind of collaboration between us.
4: And you know that it's legally drafted so that it would be accepted if you got enough signatures on it?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're getting approval today. So today we submit to the city.
4: You call me Uh, any day and every day. Tell me where you're going to be standing, and I'll send people to you so they can sign this.
6: Absolutely. All right. Uh, And we're also working with local uh, tobacco accessory shops, so you can probably find those a lot uh, downtown. And also a lot of local gas stations. uh, Just everybody who's hurt with this, because Ron's absolutely right. You know, this doesn't really hurt uh, 18 to 20-year-old smokers as much as it hurts local businesses. And
4: it hurts uh, city tax revenue. I agree. Spencer, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So uh,
0: if we get enough signatures, and we need 3,209, by the way, valid signatures on the on these petitions for any uh, any and all of them to go through.
1: So when do we need these signatures in by?
0: Well, we need to turn them in to the city clerk by January 5th. And uh, in order to do that, we're going to collect on January 4th. And that will give us a little bit of time to do some counting, do some validation see what we've got, see what we need to turn in, get them all in order.
1: Wow, Uh, that's not that much time to gather these signatures, huh?
0: It's not at all, yeah, and, you know, that's the whole referendum process, and that's uh, maybe one of the things that we'll learn about this whole uh, process is that they don't give you enough uh, time to gather the signatures. I would like to see that uh, window be widened to 90 days. You know, you have 90 days within the passage of a law um, to get it repealed.
1: Bob McDavid supported the petition process that we're doing
0: right on his facebook page he says that uh he supports the referendum process and then he supports the petition um though i am <laughs> sure he won't be signing it himself you know what he's saying he supports the he's saying that the referendum process is underused and my argument is that this 20-day window is too small and that's why it's underused you know and i would like to see a, a change in city charter to give people a little more time to Uh, Learn about these laws and decide, you know, do we want them or not? Um, Everyone in Columbia should have a say. And I think that Bob McDavid agrees. And, uh, you know, they just need more time to uh, be able to learn about the issues and uh, decide what their opinion is going to be and how to how to react. But uh, luckily, you know, we jumped on this as fast as we can. And uh, we're trying to get those signatures.
1: Yeah, and it's worth noting that the first reading of Tobacco Twenty One was December first. Right. So it was passed within uh within a month of the first reading, mm-hmm. which is
0: Yeah, the second reading's yeah. fifteen days later and then it passed, yeah.
1: That's this is awful quick.
0: Right. You know? But yeah, you guys uh seek out Aqueous, seek out Ardvarks and get your signature on that petition. Uh there's a Facebook group, I believe it's uh legalized tobacco and e in Columbia, Missouri 18 plus It's a really long Facebook name But uh, you know, look for us on there uh, We'll have a link on the bull after bull page And we'll have a link in the show notes of this episode as well For you uh, to find and like that page If you're interested in uh, being a signature gatherer I've got easy instructions that you can use I've got a Google Drive where you, uh, you can find all the folders With all the petitions in them Print them out, uh, take them around and, uh, of course, if you need any kind of training or advice on how to gather signatures and, uh, what to do and how to do it correctly, feel free to contact me, uh, just shoot an email to spencer at bull dot com, uh, or find me on Facebook or Twitter. Um, and yeah, let's get this done. We, we don't have much time, but we do have a lot of support and we do have a lot of, uh, momentum behind this. So, uh, we got to strike while the iron's hot and that's right now.
1: In cannabis news this week, uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma are suing Colorado over their cannabis legalization. Yes.
0: Yes, they are.
1: Um, and I guess they're, you know, the attorney general from Nebraska, what was his name? John, John Brunning. John Brunning. hmm He said that this is contributing to, like, increased crime and in Nebraska because people are coming over from Colorado with cannabis and right. it's not legal in Nebraska.
0: Right. So we did get a quote from him, uh on On
4: what he 's uh, arguing about, this contraband has been heavily trafficked into our state uh, while Colorado uh, reaps millions from the production and sale of pot. Nebraska taxpayers have to bear the cost
0: hey, think about that what did, what did he just say you know well <laughs> while, while Colorado reaps millions. Uh, Nebraska taxpayers are getting hosed. And you know, that's exactly what's going on, you know, as, as the Nebraska taxpayer, you should be outraged. Your your tax money is being wasted uh arresting these people who are using a product that's called illegal in Colorado, uh, and ought to be legal everywhere. And uh it is used and consumed everywhere. Make no mistake about that. You know, there are people consuming this in every major city in the country. Uh but yeah, your taxpayers, Nebraskans are going to uh arrest these people in an unwinnable war. Uh, you know, right. if uh you should tell John uh Bruning to stop going after pot and start focusing on crimes of violence and crimes of uh, loss of property, you know. Um, why why do we why do we need to have that be the case? Why do we need to be uh wasting the taxpayers' dollar, you know? There's There's ways to go about it besides yelling at Colorado, you know, yelling at Colorado is not going to stop that border traffic, you know.
1: Right. The solution is not a lawsuit. The solution is legalization.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, then that would free up the attorney general's office to prosecute actual Actual crimes. Uh, You know, I did see, speaking of actual crimes, another story via High Times here, Uh, the headline is cop caught with four pounds of weed reportedly won't be charged. Uh, Apparently there was this guy, Officer Joe Avila, uh, who was dispatched to pick up a package of pot uh, weighed between four and five pounds from a UPS store, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he was supposed to, uh, he's from Richmond, Richmond, California, Uh, he's supposed to take it to evidence and file it. And he radioed in that he did that, but instead he uh, ...was found at, with the stash at his house and, you know, apparently had found a lot of the stuff. Uh, they found a lot of the stuff on him at his house. And, uh, you know, he made some lame excuses and, uh, you know, the DA uh, said that the his office would not be inclined to file charges uh, because of a lack of evidence. So... Uh, there's a police officer caught red-handed with pounds and pounds of evidence uh, that he's stolen from uh, office. Clearly, you know, either to consume or to sell. You know, yeah, uh, not just to hang around with and maybe potentially get caught, even though he did.
1: It uh, makes me sick. The amount of people that are sitting in jail for almost the rest of their lives, some of them, some absolutely. of them it is the rest of their lives, over this plant. Right. And this guy gets caught with pounds, but oh, he of course he's not going to face any charges because he's a cop.
0: And you know, this is another problem we talked about in our Prohibition episode of uh, people having less and less regard for the law. When the law is so hypocritical like this, when the people who enforce it are not subject to it, uh, people are not going to really care what the laws are after a while. They're going to say, you know, if, if cops don't have to follow the laws, why do I have to follow the laws? Right. And uh, it's just, that's it's a terrible precedent and it's a terrible, it's a terrible way. Um, you know, the cops should be leading by example mm-hmm. and um, you know, same with the district attorneys, same with everyone in the, our legal system. And uh, we're just seeing no personal accountability here. Um, and then, you know, a legal system that also is not even letting the citizens have personal accountability and personal freedom in the in the decisions they make in their everyday lives it's just uh it's a government gone out of control in many ways yeah. and uh we need to do everything that we can to put a stop to that so uh for you listeners keep listening you know and not just our program check out uh some of our favorite podcasts like no agenda check out the gary nolan show uh, disagree with us, send us some emails, send us your opinion, you know, get involved, get out there. And, uh, uh, it can only make the democratic press process better when we all participate. You know, it's easy to get frustrated with all of this stuff going on and, uh, all the crap in Washington and, uh, this huge distraction that you're seeing with North Korea and a dumb Seth Rogen movie. It's easy to get caught up in all of that, you know, but, uh, you need to focus on what's really important and what's going on in your town, what's going on in your home and in your neighborhood. And, uh, you know, you can be an active voice in that process. And you, your voice can be heard if you uh, uh, pay attention to what's going on and if you uh, respond.
1: Right. And, you know, if we don't get these signatures in time for Tobacco 21, we're not going to give up the fight to repeal this awful ordinance. Definitely. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. It it takes a lot of time and persistence, um, you know, being involved in creating change. But you can't give up. You gotta keep keep trying.
0: So speaking of getting involved, uh, we've just recently launched Mid Missouri Normal, and we'd love to get likes from you guys on our Facebook page. Uh, Just search Mid Missouri Normal. Uh, I believe it's Mid Mo Normal actually on Facebook. Right. Uh, Type in Mid Mo Normal and give us a like there. Uh, Lauren, is there some mid Normal events coming up?
1: Yeah, we'll have our first uh, meeting with the public February 16th at the Boone County Library. Um, Mid-Missouri Normal will be tabling some events. Uh, January 9th and 10th, we'll be tabling the Missouri Funk and Reggae Festival held at uh, Mojo's, which is changing its name to Rose Music Hall. On February 2nd, which is Groundhog Day, we'll be hosting Marijuana Monday's... Well, it's it's our launch party on Marijuana Monday. Sure. um, Which is what we've been calling our meetings, Marijuana Monday meetings. Um, And the location is yet to be determined, uh, but it's likely to be a bar downtown.
0: Yeah, so just uh, pay attention to our Facebook page and we'll be putting all that up as it gets uh, decided. Also, Lori and I are going to be uh, going to the Alpaca Bowl, and we encourage all you guys to come out and say hello, say what's up, and sort of join us there for a good time.
1: Yeah, and the Alpaca Bowl is on December 26th at the bridge, and it starts at 8 o'clock. So, yeah, please come out to that. It'll be awesome, and you can hang out with us, and we'll have some fun. It'll be great.
0: For sure, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, Make sure you sign those petitions uh, make sure if you want to gather some signatures for those petitions, you get in touch with us and get those petitions. Uh, thanks so much for listening. May your bowls were never brighter.